Boeing, WeWork, Wells Fargo, Kodak, Xerox, Lehman Brothers, and GE. Need I go on? All of these organizations have made bad decisions and have paid the price. Decision-making can make you or break you. The question is, do you have a solid decision-making process? And how do you ensure you're doing it well? Or are you just lucky when it comes to making decisions? Leaving your decision-making to luck is not a strategy. So today, we'll look at five ways to improve your decision-making so you can be more strategic and intentional with your decision-making. My name's Emil Everett, and welcome to All Things Business. When it comes to decision-making, leaders often make decisions themselves or delegate decisions to their inner circle of colleagues. As you might suspect, that approach to decision-making can easily lead to groupthink and narrow the range of available options to base a decision. To avoid the common pitfalls of decision-making, like the one I just mentioned, we must define a decision-making process that allows us to prevent inherent risks in making decisions. A solid decision-making process first involves identifying what needs to be decided and identifying likely or potential and acceptable outcomes. Sometimes it helps to begin with the end in mind. Second, collect relevant data and information. Third, identify potential solutions or outcomes. Fourth, vet possible solutions or outcomes to eliminate a need for a decision or narrow the breadth of decisions to two or three choices. Fifth, determine the appropriate decision-making tool and decide. Sixth, ensure proper execution of activities based on the decision. And finally, evaluation of the outcomes and the process utilized for making the decision. As you can see, Making a decision is a process, not an event. Even, in, even within a well-defined process, much can go wrong to corrupt our decision-making process. Here are five ways of many to protect the integrity of your decision-making process. The first thing we can do to make better decisions is to involve more individuals. Step outside the usual group we turn to and involve other stakeholders. We need to step outside our comfort zone to do this. Changing the makeup of individuals involved allows us to see differing perspectives and attain greater team engagement. For example, stop turning to your overused team members and engage others. One way to do this is by delegating parts of the decision-making process instead of turning over an entire decision to one team member. We achieve greater organizational engagement and develop the confidence of colleagues when it comes to decision-making. It allows team members not to be overwhelmed by making decisions themselves. Individuals gradually learn, in parts, how to make solid decisions. A significant aspect of this is that we don't necessarily have to turn the decision over itself to a team member. You can still reserve the right to make it yourself if necessary. Just remember, as my mother used to say, Two brains are better than one. Overall, involving others allows for greater engagement, better collaboration, and most of all, better decisions. Second, collect data from multiple sources. I hate to say it, if you watch only MSNBC, or only CNN, or only Fox, your political perspective is skewed. On the other hand, if you gather your political information from constantly changing and different sources, 
we don't limit our opportunities to learn new and valuable data. We can collect helpful information and data by observation, interviews, questionnaires, surveys, focus groups, testing, trials, simulation, case studies, documents, and finally, historical records. Once again, involving others and utilizing multiple sources to ascertain more data allows us to make more informed decisions. Okay, not to belabor the point, I grew up in Buffalo. My elementary school teachers were from Buffalo. My middle school teachers were from Buffalo. My high school teachers were from Buffalo. All my teachers were great. Thus, all great teachers come from Buffalo. Number three, appoint a devil's advocate. The devil's advocate is not to be a jerk out to destroy the whole process, the whole decision-making process. The devil's advocate's responsibility is to raise the level of critical thinking in a decision. For example, include a devil's advocate during each phase of a decision. During the collection of data, they may offer up a source not previously explored. In reviewing data, they can offer objective commentary when inspecting and cleansing the data. And finally, they may offer up an alternative or an alternative ways to vet a decision. The idea is to have the devil advocate or advocates continually offer up ideas and thought-provoking questions throughout the decision-making process. A benefit derived is that they reduce and eliminate potential mistakes due to groupthink or other biases that can easily make their way into the decision-making process. Fourth, as you go through and make decisions, make sure to evaluate the outcome and remember to evaluate each step of the process to uncover better ways to make decisions and improve outcomes. In other words, if you make a great decision, was it indeed a great decision based on solid decision-making model or were you just lucky? And finally, look at decision in terms of timeframes. Do we need to make a decision now, later, or never? Just asking ourselves this simple question can take much stress out of decision making. Amazingly, sometimes we often think we need to make a decision and we don't. All we need to do is take action. So there are five ways to improve your decision-making to be more efficient and more effective and produce better outcomes from these situations. So what have you taken away from this episode? When and where is your opportunity to use what we talked about today to improve your decision-making? When and where are you going to include more individuals in your decision-making? What new resources will you use in decision-making and how often will you introduce new information resources? Where is your opportunity to include a devil's advocate in your decision-making? What recent decision needs to be evaluated not only for its outcome, but the process involved in making that decision? What decisions are you confronted with presently? Do they need to be addressed now, later, or never? Now go out there and make better decisions. If you enjoyed this episode and didn't want to miss an upcoming episode, we encourage you to follow us and please let your friends and colleagues at work know about our podcast. Just imagine the impact on your team if everyone listened and implemented what we talked about today. Finally, don't hesitate to reach out to us 
to see how we can assist you and your team in achieving more through leadership, sales, negotiation, and decision-making skills. Until our next episode, we wish you nothing but the best. Be safe and be well. Be well.